Before we get into today's episode, we wanted to take a moment to address the recent news about the overturning of Roe. We're sad and we're angry, and we recommend that you check out our episode from Saturday, May 7th on period trackers, as well as the new season of Slow Burn, where host Susan Matthews explores the path that led to the passing of Roe in the early 1970s. It's really easy to feel hopeless right now, but a lot of abortion activists have been planning for this moment for over 10 years, and I will be looking to them for guidance, which means that we'll be donating to abortion funds today, and we recommend you consider the same. And now for a break from the news, here's today's ICYMI. Okay, he's a 10, but he has the exact same voice as your brother. Four, three. Hi, I'm Rachel Hansen. And I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Rachel, we're getting a treat for Pride Month this year. Thank God we need it. JoJo Siwa is getting a show on Facebook Watch. Um, that feels kind of like when you have a chocolate chip cookie and it turns out to be oatmeal raisin. I know, but... (laughs) And I love an oatmeal raisin cookie, but just tell me what it is. All right, well, this particular oatmeal raisin cookie is called JoJo Goes, and it's kind of like a Simple Life docuseries-esque thing where JoJo and special guests will try out some of the stuff that JoJo missed out on because she grew up famous. She'll be joining a volleyball team, going to summer camp, working in the medical field. Two out of those three things are extremely formatively queer. I don't know about the medical field one. And more. I'm sorry. What part of working in the medical field is part of childhood? I I don't know, but I would let Jojo Siwa give me my, my second booster. I mean, all she has to do is jab you in the arm. Right. That's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> Not much can go wrong there. I do have to say, when I heard there were going to be special guests, I was excited. However... The oatmeal raisin cookie, perhaps. The metaphor... Continues. Yeah, it There's does. not even chocolate chips in this oatmeal raisin cookie. Okay, so for volleyball, we have Olympian Misty Mae Trainer, which, big name, no shade. I know who that is. Yeah, I, I, of course I know who that is. Her Dancing with the Stars partner, Jenna Johnson. The pop group, XOMG Pop, exclamation point. Oh my God. XOMG? Zomag? I don't quite... Um, the phrase pop group, I feel like, is a bit complimentary towards this group that I've never heard of. You mean the girl group founded by the Siwa family that's currently appearing on America's Got Talent? Oh, I see why they're there. I feel like JoJo should have better guests than that. Could they at least not get, like, Charlie Delmelio? I, look, maybe they could have wrangled better talent if they weren't on Facebook Watch, but... Um, excuse me, Red Table Talk would like to have a fucking talk at the Red Table. They get incredible guests, and it's on Facebook Watch for reasons I still do not know. At any rate, I will still watch it because I simply cannot overstate how earnestly I love watching JoJo Siwa thrive. So I guess we'll say we'll JoJo see you later then on that topic? No, we won't. You can say that. Okay, I will say it because on the show today, we're going to be discussing a recent trend that highlights how social media has flattened humor across platforms and the return of Shudder anonymous online forums because no one on the internet has ever learned a dang lesson. A lesson? On the internet? Not today. All of that after just a quick break. And we're back. All right, Rachel, he's a 10, but he's never seen a Twilight film. Ooh. Honestly, still a 10 because then I get to show him the Twilight films. 
Okay, he's a 10, but he doesn't like Twilight. Oh, two. <laughs> so there's this game that's been popping up on my For You page recently that I want to talk about. Obviously, it is the he's a 10, she's a 10, they're a 10, but game where someone suggests that they have found you the perfect partner except for one glaring problem. And then the other person gives a uh, adjusted rating. There's also the opposite version of this where someone is perhaps like, a five or a four on the scale, but has some quality that immediately bumps him up to a 10. Like, he's a five, he gets along with your family. Nine. She's a six, but she owns a a classic six on the Upper West Side. 12 million. (laughs) (laughs) So there are all sorts of variations on this game like we're describing. So here are a few examples from TikTok. He's a five, but he works at Barstool Sports. That means he knows like a lot of famous people. Three. She's a six, but she streams video games. Ten. Ten? Really? He's an eight, but he has Minecraft betting. (laughs) Two! Two! It's a super fun game that I've really enjoyed Seagull by. The things that people come up with are so creative in terms of what takes someone from a two to a ten or vice versa. Which, of course, means that even though we kind of just play a little bit, we have to go a round or two. Alrighty. He's an eight, but he thinks the War of the Roses was a fight between two competing florists in the same small town. Honestly, Tim, that's himbo quality. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. He's a seven, but he's still using Tumblr like it's 2010. Ooh, that's a red flag. Four. (laughs) She's a ten, but she thinks Jojo Siwa is for children. Is she a child? No. Yeah, zero. (laughs) Okay. Therefore, but they can perform the entirety of Yentl by themselves. That might still make them a four. Oh. (laughs) That's alarming behavior. (laughs) That movie is so long. (laughs) Dedication. That's competency, baby. (laughs) Anyway, this is clearly all fun and games. This is a fun game to play at a party. It's a fun game to play, I would say, like two glasses of wine in because shit started getting a little weird. But as soon as I saw these videos kind of cross my FYP, I, I just knew deep, deep in my soul that in approximately four days, I was going to see this on Twitter. It was one of those perfect meme formats that is kind of tailor-made for Twitter. Just like the, we need an American Girl doll who... It really is just the, like, sequel to we need an American Girl doll Twitter. Uh, I'm just going to regurgitate one that I tweeted. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) She's a seven, but she's just the girl I'm looking for by the click five. Yeah, this tanked on Twitter, too. I really (laughs) thought I had something there. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, here's a few from the last week that didn't tank. Uh, At Tash GSM, she's a six, but due to inflation, she's a 10. I love it. I hate inflation. At Eve six, she's an NYC 10, but she did January 6th. Zero. (laughs) At Dix Payton, he's a 10, but he's a 100-year-old vampire at a high school in Forks, Washington. Oh, you snuck that in here. I... I did not. That was somebody else. I had nothing to do with that inclusion, but I would say that makes him a six because why the fuck was he still in high school for all those years? Go to college! All very funny and just a little bit different from the question-response format on TikTok, but still in the same comedy genus, species, class, phylum, one of those. This obviously isn't a new thing, but every time it happens, I just... 
I laugh for a minute. Truly, you know, she's a New York City six, but she did January 6th is incredibly funny. But then I sort of sigh and I'm like, man, the like homogeneity of humor across the Internet is such a bummer. Like this is just the latest example we're talking about. But if you look at any platform, you can quickly find an account that is just recycling or reposting jokes from a different platform. And the thing is, it's not just she's a 10 or we need an American Girl doll who or am I the asshole post. It's quite literally everything, including my least favorite thing on the Internet, which is prompt Twitter, which has migrated its way over to TikTok. Here's here's an example that I hate. What's a scam that's become so normalized that we don't even realize it's a scam anymore? I've seen that stitched so many times. Okay, but, but, okay, I saw a good one last night. I don't think they're not good. I just get bored. Tell me the good one. The answer was lawnmowers. Oh, lawns themselves are scams. Well, yes, but if you feel the need to mow, individual homes all don't need a lawnmower. You just need, like, one per neighborhood and a good schedule and a little can of WD-40. Well, yeah, that's kind of the the idea of a home gardening company. Right, but I want to do my own mowing. So you want a socialist, <laughs> you want a communally owned well, home gardening lawn, lawnmower, company. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Bringing this up with your HOA. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, this came up on TikTok, and the original version is someone talking about student loan debt, which is objectively a scam. That is true. And then two days later, what did I see on Twitter? But the exact same question phrased the exact same way that went its own level of viral with over 10,000 retweets and likes each. It's literally the same question. Like, we don't even have to say (laughs) the tweet again. It's the same question. Yeah, I mean, this is the same as people who, in reverse, on TikTok, just read tweets at the camera. And if you're lucky, they'll credit you. I don't get it when I see skinny people running. Aren't you done? (laughs) Yo, 10-year-old me, I'm never going to be those boring adults always in a bad mood (laughs) me today. (laughs) It's so hot outside, I almost called my ex so I could be around something shady. (laughs) What I don't understand about that genre is that they all pretend like they can't speak because they're laughing so hard, but they curated the tweets themselves, so they've already seen them, so it's really not that funny. Like, I can tell they're faking their laughter. I don't know, but if you need a funny TikTok, I personally love to just watch them on Instagram Reels. Yeah, two weeks after they were posted. (laughs) It's just a TikTok CMS. And then if you need your Reddit fix, just find multiple Twitter accounts that just repost subreddit screenshots. Because why look for anything original when someone else will curate it for you? Rachel, I'm realizing we've set ourselves up really nicely for you to use your new favorite word. Um, I do have to find a new favorite word because this one's getting old, but this is indeed an Ouroboros of internet content <laughs> that just cycles through itself and then eats itself, and then it's constantly getting condensed down like what happens in a digestive system. <laughs> okay. Firstly, if you have a new favorite word for Rachel, uh, slide it into our DMs. And second, Rachel, is this a good thing? <sighs> I mean, I feel like recently everyone's been kind of mourning the death of monoculture because we don't share anything anymore and everything is hyper-specific and niche. And I don't find that argument compelling. I don't really care about monoculture. Yes, watching Game of Thrones all together was fun and cool and whatever, but also this it just gets boring because I know I'm just going to not only see the same format recycled over and over, I know I'm going to see someone stealing someone else's joke and be like, no one gives a shit that they stole this joke. And then I get upset. Also, like I feel as though monoculture moments of present just get forgotten too quickly. I'm sorry, were you silenced? Or silent. 
we, we all lived that. We did. It's true. We all watched that moment. I do. I feel like everyone, when they talk about monoculture, is the idea of people tuning in at a certain time to watch the same television show, which, by the way, just happened with Abbott Elementary. If you're not up on that, that's your own fucking fault. But I don't actually, the point of the internet is to find things that are hyper-specific to you, something that only you and people like you will get. But now, sometimes I scroll up and down my Twitter feed or through my Instagram feed or through my TikTok feed, and I feel like I'm seeing the exact same thing. It doesn't help that in an attempt to eat each other for lunch, all of these- Ouroboros! <laughs> yeah, that was what I was doing there. <laughs> uh, but in an attempt to beat each other at the- social media platform Olympics, pretend that made sense. You know what I mean. In an attempt to win, platforms are just cloning each other. They're just ripping off the best stuff that TikTok has to bring it over to Instagram and Twitter is borrowing from Tumblr and they're just all becoming sort of clones is I think the closest word I can come to. So of course, of course it just feels like you're seeing the same crap over and over and over again. That's by platform design. And I hate it because none of these platforms recognize what makes each of them special. I don't want Instagram to become TikTok. I don't want Twitter to have a notes app function in it. (laughs) I don't want TikTok to, honestly, TikTok is just doing its thing. TikTok hasn't taken anything from anyone else because they're like, we don't need you. And I appreciate that. It has taken lots of personal data from all of us. Okay, that is true. But what platform hasn't? (laughs) Okay, you know what? TikTok is borrowing from Facebook and taking lots of personal data from us. (laughs) Honestly, it's no surprise that this is happening. Virality continues to be the holy grail of the online experience, which... You've experienced it, yes? Listen, I love a little serotonin boost when people like my posts. But what happens when that boost gets slightly bigger and suddenly you have people in your DMs being like, your third grade teacher hated you, you ugly (laughs) cow. That actually would be a nice DM compared to what people who go viral online for stupid things experience. Going viral is miserable, so it is very funny to me that it remains the goal online, especially for people who aren't doing it professionally. I mean, but I think that's part of it is that everyone is attempting to do this thing professionally. And the thing is, exist on the Internet. And so we get these bits, we get these plays for virality that all see the same. You'll see something go viral on TikTok and then you're like, oh, easy way to go viral on Twitter. I'm an ex-Mormon too. And it's boring. (laughs) I hate it. He's a seven, but he's still tweeting about American Girl dolls. She's a ten. But she steals all of her jokes from TikTok and doesn't credit anybody. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break uh, from making these jokes because, frankly, we're running out of them and they're ceasing to be funny. Mm -hmm. When we come back, though, we're going to be discussing the the latest in everything new on the Internet is actually old. The return of the anonymous online forum. When will you people ever learn? Less learning after the break. Hi there. I hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're so glad to have you with us. In case you, uh, missed it. Our show actually comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So make sure to, uh, scroll back and listen to this Wednesday's episode, which is all about, uh, women-focused dating apps, how hard it is to be a lesbian on a dating app. Happy Pride. And we're back doing my favorite thing, which is talking shit. About each other in secret. Oh, I thought we were just talking about talking (laughs) shit. I'm sorry, I didn't read the prep. (laughs) So there's this new app popping up on Instagram called NGL, which is 
short for not gonna lie, and it uh, it purports to be quote a fresh take on anonymity. When I tell Ew. you, when I tell you, uh, my friend Cam posted the first not gonna lie I saw on an Instagram story, and I just watched their story, and the hair on the back of my neck just immediately stood up. I I was. 15. I am sitting in my childhood bedroom. I am holding a Dell laptop that barely works and sounds like it is going to take off for the moon at any moment. Uh, you know, the, wow. the, the worrying no, fan. I think, honestly, kind of soothing. And it's so hot, it's like burning your lap. Oh, yeah. There's just like little like wire-shaped mm-hmm. <laughs> indentations honestly, in my take thighs. take me back. That was, a, that was a simpler time. <laughs> it was not a simpler time, but uh, not going to lie, thinks it was. According to their website, we believe anonymity should be a fun yet safe place to express your feelings and opinions without shame. Young people don't have a space to share their feelings without judgment from friends or societal pressures. Not Gonna Lie provides this safe space for teens. That feels... Get a goddamn diary. Like a lie, given what the actual app is. Also, can I say NGL is almost... NGL is one of the worst things you could have named your company. It has terrible SEO. Okay, we named our podcast ICYMI. Yeah, you know... The woman was too stunned to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, as I think about our previous SEO mistakes, well, how does this app work? So it's an app built to use within Instagram stories. You sign up, it asks for your Instagram handle, and then it provides you with a link you share in your Insta stories. People click it, and then they send you anonymous messages or questions. So you do have the choice, once you read the hate speech that is inevitably coming your way, to repost it or not. How is this? I. Mm -hmm. So people can write to me, but I'll have no clue who's on the other end, Uh, which seems like a just great idea. One that will not immediately devolve into cruelty, especially given that it is marketed at children, teenagers. Wow. According to the company website, NGL is committed to um, keeping its users safe thanks to, quote, world class AI content moderation. L.O.A. Yeah, because, uh, you know, algorithms and machine learning have really done a great job in the past of keeping platforms safe and free of Mm -hmm, harassment. mm -hmm. And there's no linguistic workarounds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, no. To call someone a slur on an internet platform. We definitely don't have an entire platform that's developed its own lexicon to get around the content moderation (laughs) TikTok. (laughs) Quote, this means we stay on trend. We understand lingo and we know how to filter out the bad stuff. Why does that sound like my mom trying to pitch me on a social media app that she just started? (laughs) Honestly, if your mom tried to pitch me on a social media app, I would join. Honestly, same. My mom would know what to do. I don't trust this company. Not least because it just reminds me of so many different apps that have come before. Also because, yeah, the question asker is anonymous, but the person posting it to their story isn't anonymous. So how is this in any way allowing teens to explore their anonymous identities? Like, someone has a face attached to this. Also, a thing that set off alarm bells in my head, aside from the many, many typos on the website, uh, sorry, that was petty, uh, is the FAQ uh, section has a question that reads, can I have more hints? And while- Is that just an existential question? <laughs> And they don't really seem to specify anywhere how many hints you get to begin with. But what they're talking about here is giving you hints to help figure out 
who sent a message, which uh, sort of defeats the whole... What is the purpose of this app if you can just get more hints to figure out who is sending you questions? And would you like to know how one gets more hints? I'm going to assume it involves some cold, hard American cash. Can I buy it in Bitcoin? (laughs) Honestly, probably. I haven't fact-checked that. But you can pay from, you know, $1.99 and $9.99. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm just not about to um, pay money to be bullied. Isn't that just therapy? (laughs) You can, however, pay me money to bully you. I'm available. Also, the hints that are given are things like a person's location Um, or their phone model. um, So I just am getting data scrape. (laughs) It has to be a data scrape if they know your location and your phone model, which if you're a teen using this in your small town, Knowing somebody's iPhone model and their location probably isn't going to help you that much because everyone (laughs) has the same iPhone and location. But if you're, you know, Madison and you decide to use this and then someone sends you a question from a small town in upstate New York, she can probably reasonably figure out who sent it to her. I will say the fact that I am seeing my adult friends using this thing gives me hope that it's DOA as far as actual living, breathing teenagers are concerned. I mean, what's fascinating about this is that there is really no way to tell how popular it is because of how it's integrated into people's stories. Like, there's no way really to capture how many people are using Mm -hmm. this. It's also just a reinvention of the wheel, right? This platform concept is as old as, well, platform concepts? Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to name some things, and if they... Free associate. Uh, Curious Cat? A bit before my time. Form spring? Vaguely familiar. <laughs> I need you to know I mentioned Curious Cat on Twitter yesterday and I immediately had someone in my mentions being like, I can recall these verbatim. Someone was like, someone called me a beached whale and I'm still thinking about it. Like, these were anonymous Q&A platforms that were popular when I was in high school and they were vicious. Just awful. Yeah, we had, I think, ask.fm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was really a way... In my group, at least, is to post your little thing and be like, I'm taking anonymous questions and then see all the popular kids get all the questions and you get absolutely none. (laughs) Honestly, that was also my experience. When I was in college, we also had similar anonymous spirited platforms uh, like College ACB or Juicy Campus. I'm I'm old. Uh, But they were college-specific forums where you would go and start threads and anonymously comment on your classmates. And I I caught, like, the tail end of this. I very distinctly remember there was a, like, hottest 10 girls at my college list. Wow. My first week of school and in the freshman class, which, to be clear, I went to a really tiny college. So this was – this is obviously a brutal internet experience. But when you have a class that is, like, 400 kids, so let's say half of that (laughs) could be on this 10-person – it just – Mm. There's cruelty in the math alone. I mean, this was kind of the thing about going to a slightly larger school. We had a yik yak. Mm. Mm. I... <laughs> it was almost impossible to really tell who anyone was ever talking about. I feel like most people actually used to talk shit about professors, which was really funny. <laughs> yik yak was an app uh, that launched while I was in college. My my collegiate experience just straddles two generations of terrible anonymous educational educational the intergenerational trauma that's living within you. <laughs> Truly, so Yik Yak was this app where you would post anonymous things, and it was geofenced, so you had to be like within a given campus. And I think you're right. I think it was really quite nasty in my experience because I went to this very tiny school in this very small place, and I think. 
a writer named Will Haskell wrote a piece for New York Magazine probably almost 10 years ago now that I'm still thinking about, about how I, it was like a first person, I'm a high school senior, yik yak, ruined my senior mm-hmm. year piece mm-hmm. about how within a small community, this thing just eviscerated people emotionally and mentally. And uh, we just keep building these plat. We, you and I keep building these. Pl- we actually launched, not going to lie. We mm-hmm. love an acronym. Actually, this is our time to tell you, please use not going to lie so we can continue to fund this podcast. That 99, that 999 is going straight to our pockets. Straight into our pockets, straight into my bike short fund. All those typos, those were me. <laughs> All of these platforms obviously are built on that same psychological impulse to want to know shit you shouldn't. You know, secret secrets are no fun unless they're shared with me specifically. Madison.Kircher at Slate.com. I mean, that's the beauty of gossip. Knowing gossip about people you know is obviously great. But there's nothing quite as incredible as learning gossip about someone you will never interact with in your entire life. You're just like, who is this stranger? I don't care. I just want to know why she was in the McDonald's parking lot getting ready to fight somebody. I just, I truly am having Olivia Rodrigo deja vu while having this conversation. Because the number of times I have written pieces about, like, the latest in anonymous gossip. And then you, like, copy and paste in the same mental paragraph about, like, this isn't the first of its kind. (laughs) It's never the first of its kind. People always find ways to send themselves anonymous questions through another forum so they can pretend that people are interested in them. That's what I feel like most people are actually using this for. But I mean, these apps just prey on that exact thing where you just simply have to be involved. Like the social pressures and the way it immediately sends you back to high school. I think that's what all of these apps are running on. A perfect breeding ground for cyberbullying. Hard not to picture, not going to lie. Should the teens actually pick this one up and run with it, turning into one of those spaces also, no matter how good the intentions of the creators and their uh, very smart, I really definitely trust it, AI is. Mm -hmm. The AI can definitely tell when someone is harassing someone else. I see a little bit of like checks and balances trying to be put in place by linking it to Instagram. But at a certain point, you do have to wonder, are we ever going to get over this digital desire to give people the ability to anonymously harass each other? No, we're never going to get over that. It's never going to stop. The world will end. Civilization will decay. There will be three people left. And there will be some way to anonymously ask each of the three people a question through an online Google form. That is what the end of the world is going to look like. (laughs) This is how the world ends. Not with a bang, but with a whisper. A former anonymous social network. They keep going. All right, that's the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday. Please subscribe. It is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and review in Apple or Spotify. Uh, those are anonymous, so do with that what you will. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Be nice. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at ICYMI underscore pod, or you can always email us, ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader, Madison Malone-Kircher, and me, Rachel Hampton. Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of Audio. See you online. Or on the inevitable next iteration of an anonymous gossip app. Do you want to say it? (laughs) Montage.